Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of Zinger Nation. Happy Friday, everybody. It is Friday already. We've gone through another week. Friday, July 14th of 2023, to be exact. My name is Michael O'Connor here with the Benzinga News Desk of Daily Stocks to watch with my phenomenal, inimitable co-host, Mr. David Willie. David, how are you doing today on this lovely Friday? Fantastic. Thank you, Michael. Doing really well. And I love the suspenders. That makes me feel like I'm about to go on a holiday or something. <laughs> I feel like you're more uh, usually more well-dressed uh, on the show than I am. And you got a nice lumberjack shirt. I appreciate <laughs> embracing a bit of the casual Friday. It's just kind of weird that I you know, didn't, didn't necessarily intentionally go for a formal Friday look, but, uh, but I like it. So it's good. <laughs> Cracking into our list for the day, we've got some interesting stuff for you folks, focusing a little bit on the banking sector. Um, we've seen a lot of different trends in banking, a lot of different crazy stuff going on. You all remember Silicon Valley Bank and the regional banking. We're going to talk about some big ones. Starting off with number one is JP Morgan Chase. That's ticker JPM. Stock to watch number two is Citigroup. That's ticker C. That's easy to remember. Stock to watch number three, we've got Wells Fargo. That's FWFC. Number four, we've got Netflix. That's ticker NFLX. Stock to watch number five, Royvant. How do you have Royvant? I think that's uh, Royvant. It's an interesting little biopharma company. That's ticker R-O-I-V, Royv. Starting off straight off the bat, we've got J.P. Morgan with some pretty good results coming out of their earnings release. Up almost 3% pre-market, bouncing a little bit. They're up a little over 3%, bouncing around with some some pretty solid movement pre-market this morning. But we wanted to kind of highlight uh, that they're up almost 35% year on year with revenue of over $40 billion. JP Morgan's Jamie Dimon, one of the uh, the classic names to watch. In uh, if, if we had a show called Names to Watch, Jamie Dimon would be on there pretty often. Constantly kind of, he was talking about recession, about bad things for a while, changing his tune relatively recently, saying things like, uh, the banking sector seems to be turning the corner. The economy seems to be turning the corner. We could see rising optimism coming out of bank executives, which is usually a good sign for the economy. We've seen the market start to kind of turn around these last few months out of a bear market, major indices going green, and now banking stocks going a little green themselves. Not necessarily a full turnaround, especially not for the regional banks. They're still not where they were at the beginning of the year, but some of these big banks doing pretty darn well. Yeah, this is a really interesting piece, seeing that obviously we're going to have some slightly different reports coming from out of these major banks. So we are covering three of the largest banks, I think, today. Um, And as you say, obviously different from the regional banks. I was wondering, Mike, if we could talk, though, because obviously pretty good news, as you say, for JP Morgan, pretty very good news. But can we talk about the P ratio with this stock? Because this is just something I'm not very familiar with. And I don't know how JP Morgan stock is doing in terms of its P ratio. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you brought that up, David, because especially when we have multiple stocks in the same sector, using some of the technical indicators and some of the the key statistics that we can look at can be very helpful 
to give a little bit more insight into what's going on. So when we dig into JP Morgan, and we'll look at uh, Citigroup and Wells Fargo as well, JP Morgan with a PE ratio of 10.93, almost 11, you want a lower number for the PE ratio, a little, little information, you want a lower number is better because what the PE ratio is just stands for price earnings ratio. So you divide the price of a stock by the company's annual earnings per share. So let's say it's trading at $20 and earnings per share is $1 and the stock has a PE ratio of 20. So you want that to be lower, meaning that the, the value of the stock is closer to like the valuation the market's giving it is closer to how much it's earning, how much money it's making. Uh, the lower that is, theoretically, the more leanly valued it is. It's not overvalued. It could be very close to um, possibly you know, a, a very good deal if that's a low price to earnings ratio. And then the other, I think the other key figure that I like to look at, especially for these big legacy stocks, is their dividend yield as well. JP Morgan with uh, the 2.7% dividend yield. Not bad. Nothing too crazy, um, but some pretty good numbers. I mean, especially <laughs> you compare the uh, this P, the JP Morgan's PE and dividend to uh, almost any tech company, and uh, your eyeballs might pop out a little bit at the, the valuations and multiples that are going on in tech and a uh, number of other sectors. Banking is one of those classic, pretty, pretty darn reasonably priced dividend type of play, similar to manufacturing some uh, materials and oil. But we're going to dig in a little bit into the comparisons here. So we talked about JP Morgan. Let's see what stock number two is all about. Absolutely. No. And thank you for that explanation, Mike. So so our second stock to watch today is Citigroup Inc. That's ticker C. So nice and easy to remember. Now, analysts were expecting um, Citigroup to have earned $1.30 per share on revenue of just over $19 billion for the latest quarter. And the bank was set to release earnings before markets open. And in anticipation, Citigroup shares gained about half a percent in after hours trading. Now, the earnings have been released. They came in slightly better than expectations. So we saw earnings of about $1.33 per share. And also the revenue was slightly higher uh, than the 19 billion that was expected. However, this isn't all good news for Citigroup. I don't think, you know, their net income fell from last year. Their profit from the last quarter, I think, took a big dive of, I think it was about 36%. So sort of what Citigroup is given with one hand, I think they've taken with the other to some degree with this earnings report. But can we... Can we reapply, Mike, what the what we were just talking about with the PE earnings ratio? How does that compare from Citigroup to JP Morgan? I thought you'd never ask, David. I love doing these data comparisons, man. But good, good insights here because this is an interesting one. They're not moving, not moving as much as JP Morgan on the morning. Maybe not as great of a report, like you said, profit down. Whereas JP Morgan seems to be doing pretty darn good across the board, beating expectations. Citigroup a little better than expectations, but if you're looking at purely the technical stat level, looking at a 6.65 PE ratio, that's pretty darn good. That's uh, four points lower than JP Morgan and a 4.28% dividend yield. That could be a good sign. Now, the problem is if profit is trending downward, uh, that might not last terribly long to have a, a ratio like that and profits like that. But at least from the raw data perspective, if you were to look at the two banks, JP Morgan and Citigroup, totally just from 
these key statistics. And I don't recommend you do that. I recommend you take a holistic look at any stocks that you are buying or selling or researching. Don't necessarily just look at a few numbers, but it can give you some good insight. What this kind of means is the, the price of Citigroup is less there's less of a value multiple there compared to the money they're making. And they're giving their shareholders more money back for owning the stock. So some simple ways to look at it. And let's do it again. Let's move on to Wells Fargo, which popped this morning, reporting Q2 earnings per share of $1.25, beating consensus $1.15, with revenues of twenty, a little over $20.5 billion up 21% year over year above a consensus of $20.07 billion. So these kind of slim margins of beating Wall Street expectations, but sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes it's not enough. We've seen this sometimes with earnings where the expectations are big. And if you just kind of narrowly meet it, it's not good enough. But at least for now, coming out of a bit of a bear market, entering a bull market, these expectations being just barely beat can be pretty good. Wells Fargo at at the height of this uh, pre-market morning, up over 4.5%, back down a little bit, about 3% up on the day, 2.88 to be exact. But getting into the numbers here, so with a price-earnings ratio of 12.35, so that's even higher than J.P. Morgan, not good, and a dividend yield of 2.77, that's kind of in the middle there. So essentially, looking at these three different banks, these three different stocks in the same sector, the same industry, we can kind of glean some insight from these numbers. So the, the the valuation of Wells Fargo is a little farther away from the money they're making compared to both JP Morgan and Citigroup. And they're giving their shareholders less money than Citigroup is for the amount of money that they're putting in to buy the stock. And we kind of pull this together and say, okay, these are some interesting stats to look at, especially when you're comparing across an industry. I think Wells Fargo is a very interesting name to be looking at as well, because they've been sort of plagued by difficulties, scandals. Um, they have not had a very good regulatory uh, cycle, let's say. Um, they've had some very big ups and downs. But on the year, not too bad. 18% up in the past year. Um, nothing too crazy, up about 13%, a little over 13% the past three months, five and uh, almost 5.5% in the past month. But I think the, the key takeaway here is when you're looking at sector stocks like this, it's also great to pull out some of those key statistics like price-to-earnings ratios, dividend yields. There's plenty more statistics that you can use, plenty more data you can use to kind of add to your insights. But just for now, let's. Uh, I think that was a pretty good analysis to get you out and get you some ideas as we look at the banking sector today. Absolutely. And I, I'm definitely going forward. I'm going to actually know what a PE ratio is and I'll be able to use it, which has been incredibly helpful. And the last thing I wanted to flag right before we move on is there's just this very interesting story actually from the Benzinger News Desk about that I wanted to flag um, from Michael Barr, who's the Federal Reserve Vice Chair for Supervision, has announced that they're going to try and increase the percentage points of capital the banks, large banks are required to hold in reserve. I think they're going to increase that by two percentage points. And I just thought that was a very interesting news story in as far as we've had some of the, as you were mentioning with Wells Fargo, but also we've had sort of the the crises with the regional banks uh, last Christmas. And I just think this is a sign that maybe, you know, the, the, the barometer is shifting a little 
in this regard, that there's trying to be a slightly more cautious approach. And I think it actually, you know, as this story, as this article covers, that actually boosted the stock of the larger banks because that increases trust in the sector. So, you know, it'll be it's, uh, something um, worth watching. Stock to watch number four is Netflix Inc. That's ticker NFLX. Now, Netflix has updated its profile transfer feature to help users transfer their complete watch history from one account to the other without forcing users to create a new account. But this is a really interesting thing Netflix has done as they try and crack down on password sharing. So essentially, you can carry your preferences from an old account to a new account. Uh, and Netflix stock is doing well out of this. It seems to be performing well. Wade Bush has reiterated an outperform on Netflix and has maintained a $475 price target. Now, this news is coming right as the Hollywood actors strike starts, right? So we've sort of got these double strikes going on now with both the screenwriters and the actors on strike. And yet it seems that the street is pretty, pretty bullish on Netflix. You know, I even saw a Barron's headline, which I don't always think of as, um, you know, being uh, you know, uh, more extreme, but they were saying, yep, yeah, you know, this is, <laughs> this is going well for, you know, Netflix is, uh, they're going to, their stock is probably going to continue increasing. So it seems like Netflix is maybe, maybe while the other streaming services might be getting a little nervous, might be tightening their belts, people are feeling pretty confident about Netflix, Mike. And I think one of the things that Netflix has always managed to do is when there is tough times in the overall streaming market, they're still the first mover. They're still the company that people look at for that kind of pure play streaming opportunity. If you want exposure to Apple, Apple uh, Plus, you know, the Apple TV, you got to buy the Apple stock. You got exposure to a ton of different things. Disney Plus, the same way. Netflix is one of those few pure play options that Wall Street seems to love. And even when there's difficulties in the industry, like this dual strike, which may put a pause on new content for a little bit, they probably have a good amount of content still in the pipeline. Um, what's probably going on is the, the, new, the producers, the studios are saying we have enough in the pipeline to keep going. So it could be good news for Netflix uh, as they continue possibly a good upward run. Stock to watch number five to wrap things up is Roy Vance Sciences, the ticker ROIV, pushing up this morning on $7 billion possible sale of a colitis drug. Uh, Roy Vance, a bio company, biopharmaceutical company, uh, has a number of different treatments and uh, things in the pipeline. Already an $8 billion, eight, almost $9 billion market cap, popping a little bit over 8% earlier. Take a little bit of profit taken down about to up 3.6%, but definitely a stock to watch, an important M&A deal in the biotech sector. All right, we're going to go back over our list, make sure we got everything and get you out to your trading day. Stock to watch number one was JP Morgan. That's JPM. Number two, we had Citigroup. That's ticker C. Number three was Wells Fargo. That is a WFC ticker. Number four, we had Netflix with NFLX. And number five is Roy Vant, ticker R-O-I-V. Hope everyone has a wonderful Friday. Fantastic closeout to your week and a great weekend. Thanks, Mike. Have a good one, everyone.
Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right! News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.